We're here to learn a little bit about the parsha of Shavua, the parsha of Shlach. Parsha of Shlach is eight o'clock in Yerushalayim, and I hope uh, that you're able to hear me properly. The story is well known. There were spies sent by Moshe Rabbeinu to spy out the land. They came back and they said what they said. And as a result, the people, what the people heard them say was that they don't take a chance. And so they decided, the people decided, not to take a chance and to stay behind, not to go into Eretz Canaan, not to go to the promised land. And this whole story is very odd because of several things. So we have to look at the text. If you have a sheet, the text on a sheet, that's good. If not, if you have a chumash, that would also be very good. Beginning of Shlach. I have on the sheet, there are two chapters of the beginning of Shlach. And we have to at least kind of feel our way around. The The parasha begins by the Hashem el Moshe Lemor. This is Torah. This is the real thing. This is God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu and telling him what to do. This is something that is important. It's important for us to kind of feel because it's a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's a Kodesh Baruch Hu speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no more significant conversation that we can imagine. What does a Kodesh Baruch Hu say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Shalach Lecha Anoshim. Send people. Send people. Now, that word Lecha, as we know, because we've seen it in other contexts, Shalach Lecha, send for you. Send you. Uh, it may have different meanings, a different kind of add-on. So we have to think about that. Shalach Lecha Anoshim. Yaturu et Eretz Kenan. Yaturu means was the modern word Tayar, the uh, the tourist. Yaturu. I mean, it could mean that they should spy out the land, go around, be tourists. That I am giving to Bnei Yisrael. So if I am giving, if God is giving Eretz Canaan to Bnei Yisrael, that should be the answer to the question. God is giving it to Bnei Yisrael. I mean, can it be a better guarantee? What do you need via tour? What do you need people running around and looking in the land of Israel? And this group that's going, it's not going to be so much a professional group, like, like soldiers or people who are aware of military problems, but they are, it's a group that is, it's, it's like a, a uh, assembly. It's representatives of all the tribes of of Israel, but they're in this together. They're in this together. Rashi says, Rashi says, Shalach lecha anashim, Lama nismecha parashat miraglim parashat miriyam. We just learned about, we, about 
right? Parashat Miriam, Miriam spoke Lashon Hara about uh, Moshe, her brother, and she was punished. She was punished because of the things she said about her brother. And Rashi calls them, these people who were sent by Moshe Rabbeinu at the instigation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he calls them Rishayim. They're bad people. Bad people, Rashaim Halalu, Musadi. They saw what was happening to Miriam and they didn't accept the challenge of that event. The challenge of course was that that the uh, uh, you can't say bad things. You can't say bad things when you don't know what the implications are. You can't say bad things about something where HaKadosh Baruch Hu said good things about it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said go. And they said, well, maybe not. Maybe yes, maybe not. Well, we'll see what they said exactly. Then the word Shalach Lecha, remember, Shalach Lecha means you, Moshe Rabbeinu, send Lecha to you. Right, for you. Send for you. So Rashi says Lecha, in this case, means Lida'atcha in accordance with your opinion. You're the one who is, you're doing it. I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, do not command you to do it. Imagine this. God is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, you can send them, but don't say, tell anybody that I said so. You will send them if you think that's the right thing to do. But not don't involve God in this. Yisrael are quoted in the book of Devarim as saying, They're the ones who instigated it. And then Moshe Rabbeinu turned to God to ask them. Rashi is telling you how the story went. As far as Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned, there's no need to send anybody. God promised, God told us, we know what we're doing because God told us to do it. But the people, they came and they said, they said, maybe we should send people, somebody in advance. Send somebody. Moshe Nimlach Bashchinah. It was Moshe Rabbeinu who then went to discuss this with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amar, ani amati lehem So Moshe Rabbeinu said, look, it's not my idea. I told him it's a good place. It's good, it's a, it'll be a great place to live. I mean, it's a promise from heaven. Shehi tova. Shene'emar, e'ele'etchem me'oni mitzrayim begolmer. He says, I will bring you out of the poverty of Mitzrayim when they were slaves into this wondrous land. Chayehem. <laughs> said, I guess, or Chayehem, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'll let them find their way. If they make a mistake, they're going to make a mistake. 
It's not my fault either, Moshe Rabbeinu said, in order that they should not inherit that land. So if I want to know what's going on, here we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu is fooling Moshe, and Moshe is fooling the people, and the people, like, who's responsible for this? Who's responsible for what turns out to be this greatest mistake in, uh, in that type of Jewish history? A mistake where the punishment was 38 years of wandering in the desert, and everybody who left Mitzrayim, everybody who left Mitzrayim died. That's a pretty serious punishment, even though it does not all at once. But, but you, you reject an entire nation of people who stood at Har Sinai and received the Torah, you reject their, uh, you reject them as being serious recipients of God's word. And besides which, besides which, you have to understand that the story in Dvarim and the story in, in Bamidbar have to be put together somehow. And you have to understand that the people wanted to send them Raglim. Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what should I do? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, you decide if you want to send Baraglim, so you send them. So according to this Rashi, according to this Rashi, the sending the Baraglim, sending the spies into Canaan to check out the matter, that was checking, uh, sending the spies was... Uh, was a bad thing. It was the wrong thing to do. It was something that we, Moshe Rabbeinu should have rejected. He should have rejected it. Okay, and then Pasuk Gimel says, Moshe Rabbeinu sent them from Paran. Alpi Hashem Kulamanashin Rashay B'nei Yisrael Heimah Pi Hashem is put into this posseged in an annoying manner. By Shlachotam, Moshe Rabbeinu sent them. They were in the desert called Paran. Al Pi Hashem. What's Al Pi Hashem? Al Pi Hashem, that sounds like God was involved. We just learned in Rashi that God is not involved. I could be a Hashem. So if you look at the Rashi, a Hashem, it's in the fifth line on the uh, on the sheet. Pirshuto shelo akav al yado. That God did not prevent him. It doesn't mean that God sent them, but it means that God did not prevent them. Did not prevent them from going. Kulam anashim Rashi. This is when, whenever in the Torah uh, a person is referred to as an ish or a group of people as anashim, that means that they're chashivut, they're important people. At that moment that they were chosen by Moshe Rabbeinu, they were still the right people, they were good people. So Rashi points out to us that the people that Moshe Rabbeinu chose and the people that he sent to spy out the land, 
It was his idea, ultimately. I mean, not his idea at first, but ultimately it was under his direction that they were sent, and he picked, he picked the important people. He picked the people who could be, could be chosen, who could be chosen. Okay? So then you have a list. Etc. But we skip the list to Pasuk uh, Pasuk Tetvav Tetzayin Tetvav Tetzayin Tetzayin Ze'elu Shemot HaAnashim HaShashalach Moshe Latur Ta'arz These are their names Vayikra Moshe and then this kind of non-sequitur then the Pasuk says, at that time, at that moment, Moshe Rabbeinu changed Yoshua's name. He was originally called Hoshea, and he added the Yud at the beginning, and he became Yehoshua. Now we know that changing the name, giving a person a new name, is something of significance. It means he's a new person. It's not, it's not the person we knew previously, but he has a new standing. Unfortunately, the Torah doesn't explain to us what that new standing is, but we know that that's, that that's what it is. Uh, Rashi, Pasuk Tetzayin, Vaikra Moshe Lehoshea Binun Yoshua. Rashi says it's in the sheet, the sixth line in the Rashi. Hitbalel alav, ya yoshiacha meatzat miraglim. Hitbalel alav, that the yud, the additional yud, is the power of truth. Hitbalel alav, ya yoshiacha meatzat miraglim. You should be spared from falling into the thinking process of the other Muraglim. Yoshua, Yoshua was going to save save the day according to according to uh, <laughs> according to the Pasuk. So then the next Pasuk, one second to die. Noshea binun Yehoshua, Pasuk 17. He took these people, the representatives of the tribes, and he sent them to spy out the land. So Moshe Rabbeinu tells them exactly where to go. Go up to the south in the Negev, and then go up on the mountain, go up on the, on the hill. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu seems to have known about the geom- geography of, of Eretz Israel, And he knew exactly where they would have to go in order to be pragmatic. And then Pasuk 18, you'll see the land, and you'll see the, the nation that sits there. Are they strong? Are they weak? Are there many of them? Or just a few of them? So Rashi says, Pasuk Yud Chet. 
Pusig Yudzayim, Yudzayim, I'm sorry. Aluzeb Negev, Hu Hayeha Psolet, Hu Hayeha Psolet, Shel Eretz Yisrael. The Negev was the worst part of Eretz Yisrael. Shekein Derech HaTagarim, Marinet HaPsolet Chila, Vachakach Marinet HaShevach. He says, after all, he says, we know that that's how people do, how they do sales. First you show the worst of what you sell. Like, I remember this is how they used to sell at Rogim. First you show the ones that nobody wants. And then you say, look, I've got something really better, but it'll cost you a little more. It's like something you have to, you have to be committed to. So that's what, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu started out because he wanted them to be impressed by Eretz Yisrael. So he started out, he says, look, go, go this way. First go through the Negev, which is not so attractive and not so marvelous. And then you'll go up on the mountain, you'll see the what blooms and what kind of, what things grow there, etc. That's what, that's what uh, Rashi thinks that, uh, that he said. Eretz Mahi, Hachazaku Arafe is it strong or is it weak? Siman Masalahem. He he gave them this sign. In the Prazim Yoshim, Hazakim Hem, Shesolchim Al Zuratam, Vim Ba'arim B'Tzurotem, Hem Yoshim Chalashim Hem. Interesting. Rashi says that Moshe Rabbeinu explained to them what they should look for. They should look for the kind of cities that they live in. Do they live in cities that are walled, a walled city? Or they live in cities that don't have walls, that are open? He says, if they have walls, it means that they don't, they don't really feel that they can defend themselves. They need that extra support of a wall. But if there's no wall, then you could assume that they have a lot of confidence that they could stave off any attack. That might that might come, so Moshe Rabbeinu seems to be pretty knowledgeable about warfare, about the information you need when you get. The, so he's justifying the fact that he sent them. He not only sent them, but he told them what to look for. He didn't just tell them what to look for, but he he told them what it means. You'll see this; it means that. Right? This is how this is how Moshe Rabbeinu was was working. So now, if you look at Pasuk. Uh, Achazaku Harafe, Achazaku Harafe, Rashi says, Siman Masalahem, that's the what we just learned, right? Imba Arim, Bitsurote Mishim Chalashim He. Pasuk 18, Reitim in the Aretz Mahi, take a look at the land. Look at the people. Look at the land. Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of cities do they live in? I'm sorry. Do they have trees? Are they growing trees? 
mayamim you may be kure anavim another kind of uh, of uh, you know uh, an unnecessary addition the the days are the days of anavim mitpashlim that the grapes are ripe. So he kind of mentioned he mentioned the grapes, and you know that uh, that picture that he has of the the tourist bureau in Israel of two people carrying grapes on a on a bar. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told him. Like he sort of hinted to that. Take a look at the grapes. That's how you'll know about the produce, about the value of the land, about the value of its its product. Basukaf Aleph. They did it. They came up in the Negev as Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do. Yevo at Chevron, and they came to Chevron, which is on the what they call Gavahar, the, the top of the mountain, Chevron. Right. The Sham Achiman Sheshayvet Almay Lidei Hayanak Anak, the Chevron Shevashanim Nivdetal at Neitzon Mitzrayim. A little bit of of information about the uh, about Chevron. Pasuk Kavet in Rashi. So Rashi says, Kalev levado halachshav. It was Kalev who went to Chavron. Venishtate achal kivrei avot that he davened at the at the kever at the uh, the graves of the fathers. Shelo yeh nisit lechaverav. Liot He should not have to spend time with the others who would try to convince him. Uh, he would try to convince him to uh, to accept their position. So Khaled who indicated Khaled Khaled who indicated in Eretz Kanan that he was distinguishing himself from the others. He didn't want to have anything to do with their ideas. He eventually was rewarded by inheriting Hebron. He himself inherited, inherited uh, Hebron. Uh, Okay, so there's a little bit of a side point. We'll continue. Uh, they covered the entire land from the de- desert of Tzin until Rechov Levo Hamat. Until Rechov Levo Hamat. Okay. Pasukah Bet, Ve'yalum Negev, Ve'yavo Ad Chevron, etc. 
I'm sorry, Pasuk of Dalit. Lamakomach hu kara nachal eshkol alodot ha-eshkol asher kartu misham b'nei Yisrael. So there's a Pasuk about this, uh, this eshkol. Eshkol is a... Eshkol is... is the grapes, the, the bunch of grapes. Pasuk of so that's what they did. They basically looked around and they took back grapes with them so everybody could see, you know, what's growing on the land. Um, and they came back and they went to Moshe and they went to Aaron and all the people. And they spoke to them. They told them what their findings were. That called Haida, and all the people They showed them the 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 fruit of the land. They showed them the fruit of the land. Pasuk in Rashi. After 40 days they came back. Didn't they go for hundred days one way and the other way? Parsal Arba Meot Parsahi Umehalacha Dam Beinonia Sarah Parsaot Liyom so Rashi makes the cheshbon. He says they really walked all over. They all uh, uh, they walked all over. Okay, a side point. Pasukavav, pasukavav. Um, and they and they responded to them. the Rashi four lines on the bottom. That's what they who they spoke to, and then until now it's good, right? It's really good. It's fat and it's got stuff and you can be happy there. And look at what we brought back. Pasuk Havchet. Pasuk Havchet is... Uh, Rashi says about Zavat Chalav Rashi, Kol Sheker so these uh, these Miraglim were not only good at their job, but they were really terrific in presenting something that was a lie. Something that was a lie. Uh, Amalek Yushev, then there's a story about... Uh, 
ויספרו לו ויאמרו בנו על הארץ אשר שלחתנו וגם זבתך לא הוצבש. היא וזה פריה, that's all positive. אפס. However, פסוק כ"ח, פסוק כ"ח, it begins with the word אפס, which, you know, has a variety of meanings, but it also means, on the other hand, that change it around. כי אז העם היושב בארץ, they're very strong. והרים בצורות גדולות מאוד against what Rashi said before. Rashi said before, if they're If they have a wall around them, then they're weaker than the people who don't have a wall around them. Okay, but we can, that's nitpicking a little bit. They're very well protected. We saw giants walking around, right? We saw giants. And then the Apostles said, They one people, strong people, Amalek, in the, in the south. And then, these various nations that populate the land of, uh, of Israel, they're also there, also there. Yes, Kalev, Rashi says, Hishtikit kulam, has, quiet. Yes, Kalev, eta amel Moshe, wa yomer, alona alevi yirashnu ota, ki yechol nuchala. That was, that was Kalev. The Kalev said, Lishmoa mashi daber be Moshe, Is this the only good thing that Moshe ever did for us? That the people listening thought that Kaleb would say something negative. They all kept quiet, and they wanted to hear what he had to say against Moshe Rabbeinu Amar. Hello, so he said, Hello, Karalanu Adayam. Don't you remember Moshe Rabbeinu split the sea for us? Varidlanu Adaman, and he brought down the man. Vigizlanu Adaslav, and then also the those pigeons who came down as meat. And finally, so, so he says, uh, Sorry. We can do it. We can do this. But the ones who came up with him, Rashi says, Right, the third line on the second side. Lashon Shtika, Kalev said, quiet. Vechein, there's another example of that. Kach derech b'nei adam, arotzeu lishatek agudat anashim amim hats. That's what Rashi says. So Vayas, Kalev means he, he acted. He acted on the quiet, everybody down. Listen to what I have to say. Apparently, 
that that was not going to happen unless Kaleb did something, right? Unless he actually did something. The last pasuk pasuk lamed aleph. Anashim asheralu imo amru lo nuchal alot et ha'am ki chazaku mimenu. We're not going to be able to do this because it's stronger than we are. Vayotziu dibata aretz asher taru ota el b'nei Yisrael lemor ha'aretz asher avanu ba'latur ota eretz ochelat yoshveahi v'chol ha'am asher ra'inu b'tocha anshei midot eretz ochelat yoshveah. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, like some sort of disease. Ochelet Yoshevea, Rashi says, Bechol Bakom Shavan, wherever we went, Mitzanum Kovrei Meitim, we saw them burying the dead. Vahakadish Bochu Asale Tova, Kedevet Tirdam Baavelam, the Loyitnu Lev Laelu. They were all. Uh, so it turned out badly, this investigation. In, 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 in other words, I would say, I would say in order to uh, try to understand, I'm going to try to understand what's going on. What's going on? You know, there, there are two kinds of ways that you send spies that you, against the, the people. You spy out the, the people that you want to you spy out the people that you want to, to engage in battle. So you go to find out uh, where the high places are, where the low places are, where the roads are. All of these things are very important, and, and uh, when you get to the details, it's very hard. I don't know why this, exactly why this happened, but uh, I guess it happened. So I'll just keep talking. I'll just keep talking. I'm not sure that my picture is that important, but um, so you, you you send you want more information. The more information you have, the better the better you are. But you have to. That's different than the decision to attack or not to attack. Uh, in this case, in this case, the people came to Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, we'd like to send Miraglim, as Rashi tells us. It's not written in these psukim, but it's written in the beginning of Dvarim, the book of Dvarim. This is, they came, the people came, and they said, we're nervous. We're nervous about what's going to happen. Kalev said, look, I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm with Moshe Rabbeinu. How can I be nervous? Moshe Rabbeinu split the sea. He brought the, the man. He brought the slav. He brought everything, all these good things that happened to us. And we, we live in a wondrous way with Moshe Rabbeinu leading us. That was Kalev ben Yifuneh. Kalev ben Yifuneh went to Hebron because he didn't want to have anything to do with the people. Oh, look at that. He didn't want to have anything to do with the people who, who uh, with the, these other Miraglim, the spies, who apparently had a negative opinion 
But if they had a negative opinion about Eretz Yisrael, I mean, what does that derive from? How did they get a negative opinion? What sort of net negative interaction did they have that would make them deny what they had always been taught, that they're on their way to Eretz Canaan? They were the ones who acted as the recipients of divine concern. They received the Torah. They marched their way through, through the desert. Yes, they fell uh, here and there. They didn't act properly. But why would they think that they should reject Eretz Yisrael? So, so there are two sources that I want you to remember. One has to do, one is like Hasidus, the Pritzadik, and others say that they they woke up to something wondrous. They said, you know, and this is could be Kalev Ben Yifune as well. They woke up one day and they said, what could be better? What could we possibly get? I mean, Akadosh Baruch was trying to pull this off on us. We want to stay in the desert. I mean, after all, what happens, what are we doing in the desert? We eat the man, which means that we eat whatever we desire, and we're happy about it, and we have a, like the menu is complete, from A to Z, whatever it is you want, the man can give you that feeling and the taste that you're eating. But you're eating it, right? The man. What do we do? Well, we learn Torah. We're all in the kolel. Nobody works. And Moshe Rabbeinu gives the shear. It sounds like a, like a, like hard to even imagine. Something wondrously, wondrously pleasant. We have to drink something. We have Miriam's well. We have to eat meat from time to time. We can even get it. We can even get real meat. So they woke up one day and they said, Wow, can Eretz Kinnan compare to this? And Moshe Rabbeinu understood that he had a problem that leaving the desert, leaving the desert to go into the land of Canaan, to take the land from the people who live there, because that's what God is directing them to do, didn't seem to, to, to be a great prophet from the point of view of, of the people's, you know, their new life versus their old life. I mean, what was it that was so terrible? They, their clothes didn't get worn out. Clothes didn't get worn out. They didn't have stomach problems or stomach trouble. I mean, it was really something that's hard to imagine. And of course, they had to listen to divine directives, but they were willing to do that.
So the people came to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, look, we want to look, but what did they really say to Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, everybody agrees that when you say something, you know, that's very tense, very tense time, a very tense moment. I mean, you, you could be, you, you don't only say the words that you say, but you also say the feeling that you have that brings you to say those words. So what was it that Bnei Yisrael said to Moshe Rabbeinu? They said, let's check it out. So Moshe Rabbeinu thinks to himself, check it out? Why would they want to check it out? They have a guarantee from HaKadosh Baruch that they're going to win, that it's going to happen, that it's going to pass, that the land will go from the, the dominion of the seven nations of Canaan over to the, to the Jewish people. But what is it that they want to check out? Yes, they can say what we really want to do. What we really want to do is to... Uh, it's a war, right? We're going to battle. We're going to have a battle with the, with the enemy. So we should know something about the enemy if we can. We should try to understand what it is that he thinks, what it is that we think, and we do it. And the same thing was true at the time of Yoshua. Except that in the time of Yeshua, it was true. Everybody agreed that it was something that should be done. It says, on my, on my uh, screen, it says, sorry, we're having trouble playing this video. I'm not having any trouble. So again, I'll, I'll just talk. And... So they came to Moshe Rabbeinu. They came to Moshe Rabbeinu. They said, "Let's let's check it out." I mean, what they really meant to say was, "It's not for us. Why should we leave what we have for what we we don't know what we will have?" Right. This is I, I said. This is a kind of response that that we find in in various Hasidic tomes. The Pre-Tzadik speaks in these terms. And so Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, I'll ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What did he mean to say? He meant, look, I'm reminding you of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, and I'm reminding you that you should go into Eretz Kedah, reminding you of all these things. And the people said, okay, we're reminded. We still want to send, we want to send these, uh, these spies. So Moshe Rabbeinu went to HaKadosh Baruch to ask him, and HaKadosh Baruch said, this is a leadership problem. It's not a problem of clarification. We know what HaKadosh Baruch said. We know what's supposed to happen. Right? What is it, what is it that you, you're going to find out? So it's up to you, Moshe. You know everything that you could possibly know, so Moshe Rabbeinu took a chance. He said, okay, you can go. If you start off in the Negev and you end up on the Gavahar and the high places, you're going from the worst to the best. And so the people understood, understood that they couldn't come back and say, these spies, they couldn't say everything is bad. So they said, look at the grapes. It's really wonderful, the fruit, the vegetables, wonderful. But the people are very strong and they're very stubborn. And they certainly are not going to accede to our demands to let them take take over. So, 
So that's what happened. Uh, and the question, therefore, is reasonable. I mean, it was perfectly reasonable what they did. But why was it perfectly reasonable? Because they knew, as the Nitziv has taught us in his introduction of Bamidbar, which I mentioned, the Nitziv has taught us, Nitziv has taught us that uh, that there was a change that took place in B'nai Yisrael. It was to live in the world of God's glory. I mean, you have to have a certain kind of stamina. Yes, it's true. Their shoes did not tear, and their clothes did not rot, and they ate the man, and they learned Torah with Bojrabeh. That was all true. And in order to do that, you had to achieve a certain level of sanctity on your own. So HaKadosh Baruch said to them, now you're going into Eretz Yisrael, you'll be regular. You'll be like everybody else. So the Nitziv taught us that this had to do with the counting, that the people are counted twice, and that's why in the Gemara it's called Chumash HaPikudim, the Chumash in which there are countings. And why are they counted twice? Because the first time they were the Bnei Yisrael of the desert, ones who lived on the man and the well of Miriam and uh, uh, etc. and the Shiurim of Moshe Rabbeinu. But when they come into Eretz Yisrael, the second counting in Pinchas, Parsha Pinchas, they are going to become regular people with exalted notions. Regular people who keep the Torah and do the mitzvot and act as they should act. So the people said, the people said, it's not going to Eretz Yisrael, it's a problem. The problem is becoming regular, becoming normal. When you're normal, not everything works out. Not everything goes as it should. And so that was the normal. So B'nai Yisrael came to Moshe Rabbeinu again. B'nai Yisrael came to Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, are you sure we should do this? Uh, let, let, let's send some spies. What are the spies going to tell you? I don't know, but, but we have to delay. We want to put it off. We want to, to have some sort of way of thinking about the change from being in the desert to being in Eretz Kedan. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, what should I do? He said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, no, it's leadership here that has to be applied to the problem and the leadership the leadership comes from you Moshe Rabbeinu so Moshe Rabbeinu sent them on their way but he gave them instructions and to his instructions was see it as a wondrous opportunity the people came back and they said no they don't want to see it as a wondrous opportunity and Kalev ben Yifuna according to the beginning of the story was the one who realized at first that there there was a, he went to see to the graves to pray at the graves of the Avot of the fathers, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And you know very well that the graves of Avram, that the, the people, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, were the ones who inherited the land. It was theirs. And so, so, Kaleb uh, and uh, Yifuna said, if I am to be who I should be, if I am to act out my life, in the way I'm supposed to act it out, then surely 
surely I have to claim Eretz Yisrael. I have to grab onto it because that's the legacy received from the Avot. And so uh, B'nai Yisrael B'nai Yisrael became confused and rejected the opportunity to go to Eretz Yisrael. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, well, rejected the opportunity. They don't really deserve the opportunity. And so the 38 years of wandering around the desert began. And during those 38 years, everybody who left Mitzrayim also died. And a new people was born, a new people who knew very well that they were going to have to conquer the land and deal with the problems of reality when they came to when they came to Eretz Yisrael. So the new generation that was born after they left Mitzrayim and grew up in the desert became worthy of going to Eretz Yisrael. And that's why when Yoshua ben Nun entered the land, he sent Miraglim. Because for the regular people, sending spies to spy out the land when you're going to try to conquer them is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And the information that you receive 